You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius audio podcast. Grab your sermon notes. This morning we want to conclude this series. We've been talking over the past few weeks about the danger of getting stuck in our lives. Because this is what I know. If we're not aware and if we're not cautious, um, the challenge for all of us is that we could get stuck in different places in our lives. And when we get stuck, this is usually what always happens. There's a loss of potential. It's like a lid has been placed on our lives. See, this is what I believe this morning, and I live my life confident in this. Not only is God good, but He has good things for your life. Let me say that again. Not only is God good, He has good things for your life. Or maybe we could say it like this. Not only is God great, but He has greatness planned for your life. And I believe that. I believe that about my life. I believe that about my wife, my children. I believe that about all of you, that God's great and He has greatness for your life. But here's the challenge. If we're not careful, we can get stuck. In a lot of different places we can get stuck. And we've been talking about some of those. And when that happens, what we miss out on the greatness. We miss out on what God would want to do in and through our lives. I wasn't here last Sunday. I was actually in Statesville uh, preaching at our, at our church there. But I made this statement last week. You absolutely cannot move forward if you're stuck in the past. There's a saying that goes something like this. It's been said that we, we only understand life looking backwards, but we have to live life live, uh, moving forward. Again, the challenge is is we can get stuck. So we're going to talk about this last area that we can get stuck in today. Uh, And I think this is probably a challenge for all of us to some degree. I know even as I was studying this out and putting it together, I had to say ouch a few times myself. And uh, I had to deal with some stuff in my own life as I was putting this together. So I'm I'm assuming this morning it's probably going to challenge you to some degree as well. But today we want to talk about the challenge of getting stuck in comfort. Getting stuck in a place called comfort. Now, because we are blessed to live in the United States of America, we all enjoy um, great blessing. We all enjoy great comfort. And comfort's not bad. Comfort for us is not bad. So I want to be really clear that I say that because I don't want anyone to go out of here today and say, well, the pastor preached against comfort. No, I'm not preaching against comfort today because I like comfort as much as you do. But what I'm preaching against is this thing called getting stuck in comfort. Getting stuck in a place where we're comfortable that leads us to becoming lackadaisical, that leads us to spiritual complacency, that leads us to a place of living our lives just to get by rather than embracing the greatness that God has for us. Because again, not only is God great, but He has great plans for your life. He's placed greatness within you. Tell your neighbor, God's placed greatness within you. Go ahead and tell them. Encourage them this morning. So again, comfort's not bad, but we don't want to get stuck there. If you get stuck in comfort, it can impede your life, hinder your growth, and cause you to miss out on what could be. See, what I know this morning is too much comfort is dangerous. It's dangerous. Matter of fact, there was a study done at University of California at Berkeley that involved introducing an amoeba into a perfectly stress-free environment. Had ideal Ideal temperature, had optimal concentration on moisture, constant food supply. The amoeba had an environment which it had to make no adjustment whatsoever. So you would probably guess what it was like one happy little amoeba, right? Whatever gives amoebas ulcers and high blood pressure, it was, it was removed. And we would think what the amoeba would thrive in that environment. But interesting, in this study, the amoeba actually died. 
Why? Because the amoeba needs challenge just as you and I need challenge. The amoeba, the amoeba needed that of, of the adversity of life that would challenge its life, but the comfort actually killed the, the amoeba. Now, the challenge for us is, I believe that when we're stuck in comfort, it becomes that place that can kill us as well. Not that we die physically, but there's something within us that dies when you're stuck in that place of comfort. It's a dangerous place to live. But in America, we love our comfort, don't we? And that's illustrated in so many different ways. Let me just see if I can, without offending anyone, let me see if I can talk about a couple areas where we can get stuck in, a, in comfort today. There's this thing in America today called retirement. Now, if you are presently retired, God bless you. I'm a bit envious of where you're at in, that, in the season of your life. And just so you know, I'm saving for retirement too. So uh, what I'm about to say is not against retirement, so don't feel like I'm getting on you. But let me tell you, if you're in a season of retirement, God's not finished with you yet. Don't allow yourself to get stuck in a place of comfort just because you've come to a season of being retired. But interesting, I mean, we live our lives like retirement's always been. Did you know that retirement, the whole concept of retiring is relatively new? I mean, it's like less than 100 years old. Going back to the year 1935, let me give you just a little history really quick. 1935, it became evident that the only way to get older people to stop working is, it was to pay them enough that they would stop working. And so there was this individual in California by the name of Francis Town who initiated a popular movement by proposing mandatory requirement at age 60 in exchange the government would pay pensions of up to $200 a month, an amount equivalent to the time of a full-time salary for a middle-income worker. Well, horrified at this prospect of Townsend's generosity, the president at that time, President Franklin D. Roosevelt, proposed the Social Security Act of 1935, which actually made workers pay for their retirement. So you've been paying for the insurance for your retirement. But it was at that time, 1935, that this whole concept of retirement was introduced. So now as Americans, we're all living for retirement. And again, retirement's not bad, but it speaks of that of our desire for, for comfort. Actually, we're so committed to comfort today as we've created this chair for our comfort. You know what we call it? The lazy boy, right? But we love our comfort, so we get in the lazy boy and we get the remote control to the TV so we don't have to get out of the chair to change the channel. When I was a kid, I was the remote control. Dad would say, hey, son, go change that channel. <laughs> but now what we have the remote control and we sit in our lazy boy so we can surf the channels because we love our comfort as Americans. To let you know how addicted we are to our comfort, just try this in your home. Let someone in your home lose the remote control and see what happens. <laughs> like it's panic. Pandemonium sets in. We lost the remote control. What we love, we love our comfort. Todd Cashton in his book, The Upside of Your Dark Side, made this statement. It's there in your notes. He says, while people have historically chosen pleasure over pain, the modern era, the time in which we live, is an outlier in human history. We don't just enjoy our creature comforts. We are addicted to them. So true. 
Again, it's illustrated in so many different ways. Let me just see if I can pick out a couple really quick. Think about the automobiles we drive today. No longer do we buy an automobile to get us from point A to point B called transportation. When we buy an automobile, we want to know things like this. Is the seat heated? Is the steering wheel heated? How many different ways will the seat adjust so that my ride will be comfortable? And we love our comfort, don't we? In America, we also love our coffee. You know, going back not too long ago, there was two ways you could have your coffee. You could have coffee black or you could have coffee with cream and sugar. Pretty simple, huh? The other day I went into Starbucks and I just looked at this menu on the wall and it's like, wow, what's all of that? Black or cream and sugar? The other day I was feeling really generous and so I, I went throughout the offices here at the church with a notepad. I said, hey, I'm making a run to Starbucks. Um, can I get you anything? <laughs> and they started writing. I, I just handed them the notepad and they're writing it down, writing it down, writing it down. They, and they give me the notepad back and it's like, this is some kind of foreign language. I don't even know what this is. Black or cream and sugar? Now, I'm not against Starbucks. Man, if I had a Starbucks this morning, I enjoy it as much as you do. But I think about this company that's become a multi-million dollar, maybe billion dollar company because we, we love our company. I could go on and on with, with present day illustrations. It's not just that we love our comfort. We become addicted to comfort. I would even say there's possibly the danger that that we've been stuck in our comfort. Now, again, comfort's not bad until until the desire for safety and security becomes the dominant theme of our lives. That's when we're in trouble. When a relaxation mentality supplants our attentiveness to God's call, we're stuck. Listen, when we become more committed to our comfort than we are to obedience to God, we're in trouble. Let me say that again. When you become more committed to your comfort, then then obedience to God, you're in a dangerous place. What are you? You're stuck. You're stuck in comfort. There's a lid that's been established, a lid that's been placed on your life. Again, nothing wrong with, with being comfortable or being blessed or even enjoying all that God's provided us with. But what we don't want to do is get stuck in what I call the comfort zone. So what is the comfort zone? The comfort zone is defined as a situation where you feel completely secure, completely comfortable, completely relaxed, and where, you, uh, and where you're at, you're like fully satisfied with all that you have and all that you are. In other words, you're, you're no longer growing. You're no longer being stretched. You're no longer being challenged. You're no longer in this ongoing process of being transformed in the image and likeness of Christ. You've just found this comfort zone. And if we're not careful, that comfort zone can quickly, can, can quickly become a, a place of complacency. And here's the challenge. We get sucked into the comfort zone and we don't even realize it. I think that's the greatest danger. As we become so familiar with, again, because we're living in the United States of America and because we are so blessed. I mean, I was just thinking about just this morning, I got up and all that I enjoy in the home in which we live. I went to the refrigerator, the refrigerator's full. I went to the pantry, the pantry's full. I got in a car and drove a really nice car to a church. 
where I'm blessed to work with some wonderful people, I, I, I just begin to think about how blessed I am. And what I come to realize is that I can become so familiar with the blessing as I can get stuck in a place of comfort. I can get stuck in a comfort zone. And if I'm not careful, that place of comfort can, can become a place of complacency. And you don't even realize it's happened. So this morning, I want us to do an internal evaluation. A self-evaluation. You're not thinking about your neighbor. You're not evaluating your neighbor. You're thinking about you. I'm going to put five questions on the screen this morning. And I want you, just thinking about your own life, just a quick evaluation. And I want you to answer one of three, either never, always, never, never, sometimes, or always. Five statements. And you're going to, thinking about your own life, never, that's never true, sometimes or always. Are you ready? Front row's ready. (laughs) So let's look at these. Here's the first statement. I'm looking for God opportunities. Think about your life. Are you never looking for God opportunities? Sometimes or always. If you say never, I'm never looking for God opportunities. Can I tell you something this morning? You may be saved and on your way to heaven, but you are stuck in comfort. Here's the second statement. I'm intentionally pursuing spiritual growth. In other words, it's an ongoing pursuit in my life. Never, sometimes, or always. Here's a third statement. I'm looking for opportunities to serve others. Never, sometimes, or always. If you, if you would say to this statement, I, I, I'm never looking for opportunities to serve others. Can I tell you what you are? You're stuck in comfort. Not only are you stuck in comfort, but you're stuck in self-seeking. You're just living your life for yourself. Here's a third question. Again, these are just kind of getting us thinking. Because, again, we can slip into this comfort zone and not even know we're there. Stuck in comfort and not even realize it. Here's a fourth statement. I'm willing to embrace change. Never, sometimes, or always. Here's a fourth statement. A fifth statement, I'm sorry. I'm willing to embrace uncertainty. How many of you know life is full of uncertainty? I mean, it's changed all the time. I mean, things are constantly moving and changing. So are you willing to embrace uncertainty or not? Never, sometimes, or always. Again, the... Nothing, I don't want this to be a point of, of, of you feeling condemned. It's just a point of awareness. Like, where, am, where are you at? Where am I at? As I think of my own life, as you think of your life. Because again, this is the danger. The danger is, is we can be deceived to a place of being stuck in comfort and not know it. It happened to a group of early believers in a church by the name of Laodicea and a place named Laodicea. And Jesus speaks to this. Revelation chapter 3. Jesus had some pretty, pretty direct words for these believers who had come to this place of being stuck in comfort in their lives. So listen to these words that Jesus spoke to the church of Laodicea. Revelation 3 verse 14. These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. 
Notice verse 15. I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you're lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. How many of you would agree? Those are some pretty direct words. This is what Jesus is saying, not to the unchurched, but to the church. To believers, to folks just like you and I. The believers at Laodicea. He says, you're lukewarm. You're stuck in comfort. You become lackadaisical. You have become complacent. Notice that, notice that the scripture goes on to read. Verse 17, Jesus says, you, you, you say, I'm rich. I've acquired wealth and do not need a thing. In other words, they're saying, hey, we're just comfortable. Man, life is good. We're happy. We're having fun. We got all we need. All is good. Man, we're just relaxed. We're just coasting in life. It's Man, life is great. But notice notice what Jesus says. Notice his assessment. He says, but you do not realize that you're wretched, you're pitiful, you're poor, you're blind, and you're naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich. And white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness. And salve to put on your eyes so you can see. Do you see the danger here? Again, these are believers that Jesus is speaking about. He's saying, hey, you think it's going well when really it's not going well. You think it's good because you're comfortable and you're just happy. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't realize. You don't realize the dangerous place that you've come to. The Laodicean believers had come to a place where they were lukewarm. That's what Jesus called them, lukewarm. They were lukewarm because they got stuck in a place called comfort. And it was that, that comfort zone that led to their spiritual complacency. This is what I know. What happened to the Laodicean believers can happen to you and I. Don't separate yourself from this story. Not only can it happen, I would say it has happened in the American church today. We, we're so blessed and we think we... We're okay. We think we have it all together. And Jesus is saying, no. You're stuck. You think it's well, but it's not well. You think you have like everything going your way. And, and really, you, you've come to this place of, of spiritual complacency. So again, what happened to the believers at Laodicea can happen to us. And being stuck in comfort will bring about four things in your life. Let me give these to you quickly. The first is this. Being stuck in comfort can impede your spiritual growth. Impede your spiritual growth. In other words, you're not moving forward. In Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1, the author of Hebrews wrote these words. He says, therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity. In other words, the author here is saying, don't get stuck in in maturity, but move on, grow up. But if we're stuck in comfort, what it impedes spiritual growth, spiritual progress. That's why in the church today, there's individuals who've been saved 10, 15, 20, 25 years, yet they're still infants, spiritually speaking. Why? Stuck in comfort. What's it doing? Impeding spiritual progress, spiritual growth. How many of you know that growth requires intentionality, right? Growth requires what? It requires work. Growth requires an exertion of energy. 
But when we're stuck in comfort, what happens? It's like, again, there's a lid on our lives and it impedes spiritual growth in our lives. Here's the second thing that happens when we're stuck in comfort is it keeps us from obedience. Most of us desire to be comfortable, safe, and secure. However, comfortableness and obedience often conflict. In other words, they clash. When we get stuck in comfort, we become more concerned about what we want than what God wants. When we get stuck in comfort, we become more concerned about what I want, so I want my will, not God's will. So oftentimes, when you're stuck in comfort, it, it leads to disobedience. Why? Because you're not, you're not following God. There's a great illustration of this, and I encourage you to read the whole story. I don't have time to read the story for you this morning. But the story is recorded in 2 Samuel chapter 11. And it's the story of King David. Now, King David, he's the one who was identified as being the man after God's own heart. He's the one who wrote many of the Psalms that we have today. Yet in 2 Samuel chapter 11, King David has come to a place in his life where, um, man, through his leadership, the nation of Israel has come to unprecedented prosperity. Not only has he been blessed, but the nation of Israel has been blessed. Talking about good times, David was in the middle of like good times. Life was easy. All was good. Then we come to 2 Samuel chapter 11. It begins like this. In the spring of the year, when kings go off to war, David stayed home. When he should have been warring he was just hanging out when he should have been leading he was coasting when he should have been out with the men fulfilling his responsibility he was just enjoying the comforts of the palace the scripture goes on verse 2 say it was evening and david goes up on the top of of his palace and he's looking over the city of jerusalem and he sees a woman who's bathing And she was beautiful. Her name was Bathsheba. Long story short, David sends for Bathsheba, a married woman, has sex with her. Then he tries to cover up this whole act of adultery, ends up murdering Uriah. Don't miss this. It all happened because he was coasting in his life. He'd come to a place where he was just comfortable. Just hanging out. Well, life's good. I'm blessed. Look how God's prospered us. What a great nation. Look how great I am. Next thing he knows, he's committing adultery and he's, he's murdering someone while he was coasting in his life. Just comfortable. And it got him in trouble. Now, I'm not saying this morning that you being stuck in comfort is going to cause you to commit adultery and murder. However, this is what I am saying If you're stuck in comfort, it will lead you to a place of disobedience. Why? Because there's a conflict that happens between what you want and what God wants. And when you're stuck in comfort, you choose your own way, not God's way. What happens? It leads to to disobedience. Here's a, a third danger of being stuck in comfort is that it brings a loss of potential. A loss of potential. This is what I know about everyone in the room today. God's blessed you with gifts, abilities, and talents, and He has great plans for your life. I believe that about everyone in the room today. God's placed that in you. 
But when we get stuck in comfort, we're not living out the potential of what God's placed within us. So what happens? There's a loss of potential. There's a loss of what, what, what God might want to do through your life. Again, a great illustration of this, Matthew 25 in the parable of the talents, Jesus tells this story about a master who's going on a journey and he calls three servants and he entrusts goods to them to manage while he's gone. To one servant he gives five talents, to one servant he gives two, to one servant he gives one. He's gone for a season of time. He comes back, calls the servants to account. To the one who had, he had given five talents, he doubled it. In other words, he went to work. He took what the master had entrusted to him and he like um, leveraged it and doubled it. And the master says, hey, well done, that good and faithful servant. Man, you've been faithful over a few things. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you with many. To the servant who had two talents, same thing. He doubled it. Again, the master applauded that servant. But to the servant who was given the one talent, you can check this out. This is what he did with the talent. He went and he dug a hole and he buried it. When the master comes to call him to account, he goes and he digs it up and he says, Hey, here it is. I didn't do anything with it. I just buried it. I didn't lose it, but I didn't do anything with it. Here's the one. And it's interesting that as Jesus is telling the story, the master rebukes that servant. Why? Because he did nothing with that which was entrusted to him. Two servants are applauded. One servant is rebuked. Why? Because he was stuck in comfort. Just buried the talent, did nothing, went loss of potential. Same thing happens when we're stuck in comfort in our lives. It's a loss of potential. Here's the fourth danger is there's a loss of purpose. Not only is there a loss of potential, but there's a loss of purpose. Rather than fully experiencing the purpose of our lives and, and living out our calling, whatever that might be, we just settle for status quo living. We can allow the deception of comfort to keep us, to keep us from living out the purpose that God has for us. Again, God's purpose for your life is not just for you to be comfortable. It's about the formation of your character. The purpose of your life is not just for you to be like fully satisfied, fat and happy. Listen, that's not the purpose of your life. God created you to be a difference maker. But when we get stuck in comfort, there's the loss of the purpose of the very things that God's placed in us. Imagine with me just for a moment. So kick in your imagination. Let's say that your life is ended and you're in heaven. When you appear in heaven, God takes you into a small room And there's two chairs in the room. The big chairs for God, if you're wondering. There's a big screen in this room. There's a DV player. And there's a disc. And on the disc, there's your name. And right below your name, it's it's this title, What Might Have Been. Let's just imagine for a moment. That God put the disc in the DVD player and what begins to play on the screen is what might have been from your life. What might have been if you had used your resources differently. What might have been if you had used your talents differently. What might have been in your relationships if you had trusted more. 
Now, I don't know if God's going to do that when we get to heaven. If we think too much about that and beat it, we can beat ourselves up with it. But this is what I know. God has greater plans for your life because He's placed great purpose within your life. And if you're not careful, you can get stuck in that place of comfort and you just want to hang out there. And when you just hang out in comfort, this is what you miss. You miss purpose. You miss the purpose of why God's created you. Again, God didn't create you just to be comfortable. Comfortable. He created you to be a difference maker. So what's the area? I don't know. You've got to figure that out. But God's placed purpose within you. So we, we don't want to get stuck in this place of comfort. The loss of potential. There's a loss of purpose. So how do, we, how do we live our lives unstuck? Really quick, I have a couple minutes left. I, I want to leave you with, with three truths that you always want to remember. Three simple truths that you need to ledger somewhere that you can see often. Because again, the tendency, the tendency of the culture we live in is to suck us into a place of just being comfortable. And we get stuck there. So three truths that you need to remember. The first is this. Remember that faith thrives in discomfort, not comfort. If you think about it, the times and places that you've grown most in your life spiritually have been the times and places of challenge. Would you agree with that statement? You didn't, listen, you didn't grow the most. You didn't have like great spiritual encounters. You didn't have like great Christ transformation in your life when it was easy. No, those times happen when there's challenge. And when there's challenge and adversity, but we're desperate for God, right? Man, we're praying like we never prayed before. We're in the scripture like we've never been in the scripture before. Why? Because it's hard, Right? It's those places of discomfort that bring about the greatest growth in our faith life. That's why James wrote in James chapter 1, verse 2, he says, Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because it's these trials that's bringing about the maturing of your faith. So first remember this, that, that your faith thrives where? In discomfort, not comfort. The second truth you want to remember is this, that the point of your life is the fame of Jesus, not just your comfort. Or we might say it like this, the purpose of your life is the fame of Jesus. Not just you being comfortable. See, the goal of our lives should not be to seek comfort, but to seek Jesus. We, We don't want to live our lives looking for the easy way. We want to live our lives to bring honor to God. In Acts chapter 4, there's this great passage of Scripture where Peter and John have been preaching the gospel. They're arrested by the religious leaders. The very people that killed Jesus, have a, they've arrested them for preaching the gospel message. They've been basically saying, hey, the, the one that the religious leaders killed, he, he's resurrected to life. And there's life available for anyone who will believe. They're arrested for simply sharing the good news And I want you to listen to what Peter and John said. When they're challenged by the religious leaders, Acts chapter 4, verse 19 and 20, they said, judge for yourselves whether it's right in God's sight to obey you rather than God. We cannot help but speaking about what we've seen and heard. In other words, Peter and John was saying, hey, you can threaten us, you can imprison us, you can beat us, and we're still going to talk about Jesus. Because the purpose of our lives is not just to be comfortable. The purpose of our lives is we're living for the fame of Jesus Christ. 
Well, I always want to remember that truth. Well, we're living. We're living in pursuit of Christ. And here's the third truth that you want to remember. Listen, don't ever forget this. Really significant. Remember that we are accountable to God for our lives. What does that mean? It means this. One day, when your life on this earth is over, and you stand before God, you're going to have to give an account for your life. In Romans chapter 14, verse 12, listen to what the scripture says. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Can't get any plainer than that. In other words, one of these days, we will have to answer to God for what he's entrusted to us. Again, this is what I know. If you're just kind of like hanging out in a place that's comfortable, then you're probably not living out the greatness that God has for you. If you've allowed your marriage to come to a place where you're just comfortable, can I tell you this? Then wife and husband, you're probably taking your mate, that gift that God's given you, you're probably taking them for granted. And you're just kind of you're just kind of hanging out. What I know is, is getting stuck in comfort is a dangerous place to live. What happened to the believers at Laodicea in Revelation chapter 3 can happen in your life. That you come to a place that you're just like lukewarm. But you're stuck. Stuck in comfort. I think it happens to all of us. So for me, the question is not... Have you been there or even are you there today? The challenge is this. Don't stay there. Don't stay in that place where you're just stuck being comfortable. Again, that's not God's plan for your life. Not only is God great, but as I began this morning, He's placed greatness within you. And it's that that He wants you to live out. Would you pray with me, Lord? I thank you this morning. God, for your work in our lives. God, I thank you that you created us in your likeness and your image. But Lord, what I know is that just the process of life can suck us into this, this comfort zone. Lord, we can all be like the Laodiceans and we become lukewarm. And we can be like, like David who came to that place where he was just coasting. Wow. Prosperity. Authority. Like he was so... God, you had so blessed him, but he, he was just coasting. And it was that coasting that led to a train wreck. God, what I know is the same thing could happen to us. Now, Lord, I pray not only for me, but I pray for all of my friends here today. Because, Lord, again, I know that we can get sucked into that comfort zone where we're just kind of like hanging out. Holy Spirit, may the sirens go off in our, in our minds when that happens. May we not be those who are pursuing comfort, but Lord Jesus, may we be those who are pursuing you and enjoying all that you've blessed us with. With every head bowed and eye closed, possibly you're here today and you would just say, hey, I, I, I've been living my life stuck in comfort. You're here today and you say, hey, I, I can identify with the, with the Laodiceans. I've just kind of like been coasting, just kind of getting by. Can I tell you, that's a dangerous place to live.
It's so much less than what God has for you. So if you're here today and you would just say, hey, wow, that's me. I didn't even realize it. But the day I identify that's where I'm at, I want to pray for you before we, before we leave this building this morning. Is there anyone just would raise your hand and say, hey, I've, I've been stuck in comfort. Lord, I pray this morning for as individuals who have their hands raised, who just are kind of taken for granted. Lord, it's so easy for us to get to that place. But I just thank you that they've identified it this morning. And Lord, we just repent. God, forgive us for chasing after the things that really, God, are just temporary. When it's all said and done, and they're all, it's all going to pass away. Lord, forgive us for, Lord, so pursuing the things in life that are temporary that we lose sight of the eternal. Lord Jesus, we want to live for your fame, not our comfort. So we just repent this morning. Lord, forgive us for coming to that place that we would be as the Laodiceans were lukewarm. But we don't want to be lukewarm. We want to be like on fire hot living for you. Oh, this morning, we just, as we repent, we just profess our need of you. We, prof- we profess our desire for you. God, I just thank you that you never give up on us. You never throw in the towel on us. You continue to give us great grace and mercy, and for that we're grateful. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.